Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me. But John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of, to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the fathers have put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. And I want to speak to you this day from this thought, the anointed ones. The anointed ones. Father, again, thank you. For your goodness and thank you for your presence and thank you for your love, God. May everything we do bring you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. The anointed ones. What does it mean to be anointed? And why was this purpose used? The New Testament shows us that the word anointed was used, they smeared oil or they rubbed oil over the person or the things that was chosen by God. We see in Bible times where anointing was used to signify God's blessings and calling on people. We see in Exodus 29.7, the Lord told Moses to take oil and to anoint Aaron and his sons for the ministry. In Exodus 40, verse 9 through 11, we see that Moses was to anoint the furniture in the tabernacle. We see in 2 Kings chapter 9 that Elisha, the prophet, called one of the children of the prophet and sent him to anoint Jehu with oil and tell him that God had chosen him to be the king of Israel. We see in James chapter 5 verse 14 and 15 that James write, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they've committed any sins, they shall be forgiven them. A person was anointed for a special purpose. Uh, they was anointed to be kings. They was anointed to be prophets. They anointed buildings, amen, because these were the things that God had ordained for them to do. There's nothing wrong with anointing people today 
are in the work of the kingdom of God. We just have to make sure that their lives are in accordance with the word of God in the scriptures and God's will. There's no magic portion in this bottle of oil. Amen. There's nothing magic about it. It's all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to understand, amen, that God chooses us and God anoints us, amen, for what He desires for us to do. So if we say that we are born again, if we say that we have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then we have been anointed by God for service. This is why the Lord says in Isaiah 43.10, You are my servants and my witnesses whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there is no God form, and neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is, amen, no other Savior. You are a witness to that. Amen. But we got to realize if we are anointed, there's a difference. Amen. Jesus says in John 15, 16, you have not chosen me. But I have chosen you and I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Amen. The Holy Ghost is life. It is power. Amen. It is the anointing. And as a result of this, then those of us that say that we have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then we should be excited. We should realize how blessed we truly are that God would choose us that He would call us out of the many, amen, to make us his servants uh, and to give us a task uh, to labor in his vineyard. We need to have the same zeal as the apostles did when they received the anointing of God. In Acts 2, the Bible says, amen, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it set upon all of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Uh, Notice what happened on the day of Pentecost. They was accused of being drunk. Uh, They was accused of being in a party. They was accused, amen, of all this loud verbal uh, language that was taking place. They was not dead. Amen. They revealed themselves that they were alive. And so we say that we're anointed of God. We should never present to the world that we're dead. Never. Amen. We should always be excited. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. We're not dead. God is not dead. He's alive. So we should not walk around with our head down. You know, I'm going to change the name. I don't think I'm going to call it revivals anymore. Because revival means dead. And, I, and something needs to be revived. Now, if I've got the Holy Ghost and you've got the Holy Ghost, something's wrong with that picture and we need revival. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Come on. We, there, there's something wrong with that picture. Notice 
what the Lord told Moses. Amen. And, and Exodus chapter 29, I mean Exodus 40 verse 9 to 11, Moses anointed what? This tabernacle. He anointed all the furniture. He anointed all the people. Amen. With all. They was anointed. The whole thing was anointed. I think when Brother and Sister Bell start this church, I think they went around here and they anointed it with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the people that was a part of it. So they were saying, we're not going to be dead here. This is going to be God's house. It's going to be alive, amen, forevermore. So that when people walk through these doors, uh, they realize it is alive in here forevermore. And there's the house of God, amen, whether this building, when you walk through, we're supposed to be alive, amen. It should not be drudgery. It should not be dead, Amen. It should be light. It should be alive. And you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. You were brought with the price. Uh, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. Uh, so you have the Holy Ghost. You are supposed to be anointed. You're supposed to be alive. You're supposed to be excited. You're supposed to be running. You're supposed to be jumping. You're supposed to be singing. You're supposed to be dancing. You're supposed to be declaring the glory of the Lord. So I'm doing away with revival. <laughs> We're going to call it a hallelujah. <laughs> oh, you know, the old days, they used to call it a hullabaloo. So we're going to call it a hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. We, we got to get excited. Amen. Everything was anointed. Amen. The pews, the altars, the lamps, the, the table, everything was anointed for service for God. See? And so therefore, amen, the, the, the lamps was to never go out. That's why God says you command them to bring the oil from the morning to the evening time to be anointed so that the light will always be burning. Hey, you're supposed to get up early in the morning. You're supposed to get a hold of Jesus. You're supposed to get the fresh anointing oil upon you again so that you'll burn all through the day before you go to bed at night. You're supposed to get it again so that you never burn out. Amen. So that you're always burning bright so that the world can see that God has chosen you for a service, for a purpose. Amen. You're the candlestick. You're supposed to be on the lampstand, shining bright for the kingdom and for the glory of Almighty God. Amen. You're supposed to be excited. You're not supposed to be discouraged. As the song said, why should I be discouraged? And why shall the shadows come? When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is He. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me. He's anointed me for a purpose, and I've got to use that purpose that he has given me. When Jesus came out of the wilderness, having been tempted by Satan, and Luke chapter 4, verse 8,
He walked into the sanctuary and they handed him the book to read. He turned to the book of Isaiah and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for they have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He have sent me to heal the broken hearts, uh, the priest delivers to the captives, uh, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, uh, and to preach the acceptable years uh, of the Lord. Uh, notice when he walked in, he told him, I'm anointed to serve, uh, and you and I, if we have the Holy Ghost, uh, we have this same purpose, uh, to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty them that are bruised, uh, to heal the broken hearts. Uh, you've been anointed uh, for a purpose. Uh, you've got to use the anointing for what has been given for. Don't sell yourself short this morning. Amen. Use the anointing. Let it work in you. Let it work through you. Praise God. So what's your function here, conjunction? Praise God. You've been at it. To the kingdom for a purpose. I think and is a conjunction. So you've been added to the kingdom. As the Lord, as Mordecai told Esther, for such a time as this. When you got that Holy Ghost, you thought, man, I'm just supposed to sit on the pew. No, your time has come, baby. <laughs> it is time for you to get to work. It's time for you to set at liberty them that are bruised. It's time for you to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. For our salvation is nearer than when it first appeared. You've got to get involved. You're going to come across people that it's time to tell them of the goodness of the Lord. It is time to pull them as Jude said, out of the fire, hating even their garments spotted by the flesh. It is time to reach down. You've been anointed the same way Jesus says, I've been anointed, you've been anointed as well. There's no difference. That's why when John says in 1 John 5, 7, there's three that agree in heaven, the Father, the Word, amen, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Amen. God is in you. God is over you. He is the anointing. Amen. And you have the anointing. So it's time to put the anointing to work. Amen. The Lord says he'll work if you let him. So let him work. John goes on in 1 John 2.27. But the anointing which you have received of him abide in you and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it is taught you, you shall abide in him. So if as long as you stay in the vine, it will be okay. See? So the Holy Ghost will teach you. It will show you what is truth and what is not truth. Notice. You've been anointed. They anointed Aaron to be what? The priest. They anointed David to be the king. They anointed the tabernacle. Amen. They anointed people for sickness. 
The Bible says in Revelation 1 that you have been called to be kings and priests. And the job of the kings and priests were, amen, the priest's job was to determine what was holy and unholy, what was clean and was not clean, and to present sacrifices for the Lord. Amen. You've been chosen for the same purpose. You've been anointed to determine what is right and wrong, what is holy and unholy. Amen. Because the Spirit will show you. This is why you get that gut check every time you go to do wrong. Amen. It's trying to show you that ain't right. When you was in the world, you didn't matter. But now you got the Holy Ghost. He checks you. <laughs> See, because you're the priest. See? And the priest was responsible for what? The temple. This is the temple. You are the priest of this temple. (laughs) And you have to make sure that the light never goes out in the temple. You have to make sure that nothing unclean comes in the temple. You have to make sure that the temple stay right. Amen. That's your responsibility. Amen. That's how you move to perfection. Is the priest has that job. When Eli let the light go out, what happened? Fell over backwards. He got replaced. Amen. So you have to make sure that you allow the Spirit to be in you and to lead you and to show you. Paul goes on. He writes, I mean, I mean, Luke writes, amen, in Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the whole earth. Amen. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, everywhere you go, you are to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul writing to the church at Rome in the 10th chapter, verse 8 through 17, he says, but what says it? He says, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith. Which we preach. Notice. It's in there. Faith. If you've got the Holy Ghost. Faith is there. This is why Paul told Timothy. In 2 Timothy 1.6. He says. Stir up the gift. That is in you. So when you start feeling down. Just stir it up. He's talking about faith. He tells him. He says. Look Timothy. It didn't start with you. It was first with your grandmother and your mother. You, in other words, you got a lineage here, son. What faith they had in God now is in you. And so therefore, stir it up. When you feel like something is going wrong in your life, stir it up. Amen. Lift up holy hands. He's giving you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that you might be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So where's it at? The word is nigh thee. It's in your mouth. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. 
said, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and burden is light. Now, faith is the substance. Come on. The word is not you. It's there. Let me spiritualize it. Jesus is right there. <laughs> he told you, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'll be in you. He is faith. So when you anoint it, it's there. In the beginning, brothers and sisters, was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. He's there. That's all you got to say is, Jesus, there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Just say the name. When you don't know what else to do, the psalm says, just say the name. The word is nigh thee. In other words, Jesus is right there. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I will take up residence. I will be in you. The Holy Ghost means Jesus is in there. He's there with you. He's with you every second. I'm not away. So all you've got to do is stir it up when you just don't feel like it. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. He's there, brothers and sisters. So Paul says the word is nigh you. Amen. You can't get away from him. <laughs> what is Psalms to say in Psalms 139? Oh, Lord, you know me. You search me. You know my downsitting. You know my uprising. You're acquainted with all. You understand my thoughts before all. You can pass my path and my lying down and is acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word in my tongue. He said, oh, Lord, you know it all together. You set me behind. You set me before. You know, he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I can't attain to it. He says, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the bed, depths of hell, even there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me. You can't get away from him. So the psalmist just concluded, man, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous thy works and that my soul know it right well. Amen. The word is nigh thee, which we preach. Jesus. That's what the gospel is all about, is Jesus. <laughs> Amen. He's there. He's right there. He's so big you can't get over. So wide you can't get around. So deep you can't get him. So what? Mother, come on through the door. <laughs> Amen. Because I am the door to the sheepfold. No man can come through the Father but by me. He's right there. I think Sister Parker was teaching this morning that he's got angels all around you. Terry reaches over to Sonia and says, yep, right here. Amen. He's right. Minister and spirit sent forth the minister to them that are the heirs of salvation. That's his angel. And I, when I met my wife, the song I used to sing to her all the time, every night, heaven must be missing an angel, missing an angel child, cause you're here with me right now. When her phone, when she, I called her, you know what her phone rings? Heaven must be missing an angel. Amen. No, it's when she calls me, heaven must be missing an angel. <laughs> Not me call her. The other way around. But, but, yeah. 
Because the Spirit of God is upon you. The word is nigh thee. The word of faith which we preach. Notice that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He's writing to the church. Listen, as long as we confess Jesus Christ and believe it in our hearts, we're going to be saved. This is why Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.16, he says, continue in the doctrine, for so doing that, you will save yourself and everybody else that hear it from you. As long as you keep confessing Jesus... As long as you keep talking about Jesus, all he's going to do is draw you more to Jesus. And you're going to be saved. You're going to have the eternal salvation. You can, yes, you can make it. All you got to do is follow the principles that's already laid out here. And you'll be saved. Amen. Praise God. For with the heart, man believes to do what is right. Once you keep confessing God... The Holy Ghost, as John says, is going to kick in and say, look, you're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're doing what is right. So see, with your mind, you start to believe to do what is right. Pretty soon the light bulb will go on and says, you know what? I think I need to get to church. You know, I think I need to pray. You know what? I think I need to give like I'm supposed to. You know, it, it starts, you start realizing, the more you confess him, the more you talk about him, the more he's going to reveal to you. Amen. This is what Paul is trying to get us to see. With the mouth, confession is made to salvation. Yeah, I really definitely need to be saved. I think that's what the, the guy asked Paul. What must I do to be saved? He says, believe on the Lord Jesus in your house and you shall be saved. And they took him that very hour and they baptized him in his household. Amen. Because confession will be made. Amen. Even the eunuch asked, asked Philip in the desert. He says, man, here's water. What does it hinder me to be baptized? Philip says, you can if you believe. He says, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. The Son of God. Amen. They stopped the chariot, went down to baptize him. Amen. Because confession with the mouth is made to salvation. I had to come to that conclusion. You know, myself. I was down praying. And finally, the guy, the minister that was there, he walked over to me, and he says, get up here, sonny. <laughs> That's what he called me. Stand up. I stood up. He says, what do you want? He said, I want the Holy Ghost, sir. He said, what do you want? <laughs> I said, I want the Holy Ghost. He said, you believe Jesus wants you to have the Holy Ghost? I said, yes, sir. He says, in the name of Jesus, receive you the Holy Ghost. Oh, and to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Just like that. Amen. With confession. Amen. You have to confess what you want to God. I think Jesus says, you have not. He ain't asked. What do you want him Scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. God is not going to disappoint you. He's not going to make you ashamed. He's not going to disappoint you. He can't lie. He has to fulfill the promise. That, and I don't see a promise in the book that says I'm going to disappoint you if you confess me and come to me. 
Because when he made promise to Abraham, because he swore by no greater, he says, Abraham, I'll bless you. Amen. And what did Jesus pray? I'm not praying for these. I'm praying to all of them to believe on me through their word. Amen. You're not going to be disappointed serving God. You're not going to be disappointed committing your life to the things of God. Amen. For there's no difference between the Jew or the Greek. For the same Lord is Lord over everyone. He's rich towards everyone. That's why the Bible says God is no respecter of person. He don't care if you're black, white, green, yellow, blue, orange, whatever. He don't care what you did before you come to him. Amen. And he's going to be just as fair to you as he was to me and anybody else. That's the God you serve. Amen. He's rich towards everybody that calls upon his name. That's why Proverbs 8 says, riches and honor are with me. Yea, doable riches and righteous. All my fruit is as gold. Yeah, fine gold. And my revenue is as choice silver. Amen. I lead in the ways of righteousness. Amen. And in the paths of the mix of judgment that those that love me shall inherit substance. And I will fill their treasures. Think about it. I'll fill your treasure. And what did Paul say in 2 Corinthians 4, 7? We have this treasure and earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. His power in us. He will fill us up to newness and overflowing. Amen. Praise God for whosoever. You're not going to be ashamed. Amen. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall shall they believe in him and whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feats of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who hath believed our report? Amen. So then faith comes by hearing, and it comes by hearing the word of God. The more you listen to Jesus, the stronger your faith is going to be, baby. I'm here to tell you today, you just need to stir up the gift and let the Holy Ghost uh, be used in you for what God gave it to you for. Now is not the time to set back uh, and be discouraged, uh, but now is the time to shine brighter than the day was before. Amen. You have the power and the anointing. Let God use you for his kingdom. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. You've been anointed for a purpose. Paul writing again to the church at Corinth. He says, now he that established us with you is Christ. And have anointed us is God. Who have also sealed us and given us the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. Amen. That anointed. That sweet anointing, amen, that God gives us, amen, is for a purpose. Go and preach the gospel to every creature, amen. Confess him before a lost and dying world and allow him, amen, to use you. As the Lord told the apostles, 
start in Jerusalem and go from there, amen, to the uttermost parts of the whole earth, amen. The anointing makes the difference. It's the anointing that breaks the yokes, amen. It is the anointing, amen, that will build you and strengthen you, amen. Let God use you for his kingdom and let his His glory. As Paul told Timothy, let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believer in word and conversation and purity and godliness, amen, and purity. He says, till I come, give attendance to read and exhortation the doctrine continue in these things. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Amen. Have compassion on people. Make a difference. Amen. Because you are the kings and priests of this temple. Amen. And so therefore, amen, take care of it. Live it. Live what you say that you have. Amen. And it will make it all right for you. Praise God. If you're here this morning and you don't have the anointing, I want you to know God wants you to have it. Amen. And you can receive it for just asking him. Amen. As Peter said on the day of Pentecost when they asked him, men and brethren, what shall we do? He says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is to you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words that he testified, exalts and save yourselves from this untowards generation. Praise God. Praise God. You need the Holy Ghost today. Is here for you. Praise God. Anointing fall on me. Anointing fall 